Hey everyone, this is Christopher Luxon, the former CEO of Air New Zealand. This is John Lee Dumas, the founder and host of Entrepreneurs on Fire. This is Tracy Ibarra. I'm an executive solutions at Dell Technologies. This is Travis Chappell, founder of Build Your Network. If you are wanting to learn how to embrace change, to navigate through disruption as a leader, then listen to the Leadership is Changing podcast. The Leadership is Changing podcast. The Leadership is Changing podcast with my good friend, my very good friend, Dennis Giannoutsos. Welcome to Leadership is Changing. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change. This is taking your leadership to another level by finding the balance between executive excellence and personal well-being through stories that inspire real change. It's time to adapt in our fast-moving world when leadership is changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsos. Uh, how much time do you have, man? I've written a whole book about it. Um, no, I mean, I, thanks for having me. I, I think what's funny is Design Pickle started out, there was no Design Pickle when I started it. And it was for me solving my own business problems, just like yourself. I needed I needed design help. I was trying to find a solution that fit my budget, fit the quality. And it was it was frustrating. It was challenging. And I always relish, pun intended, there's a lot of pickle puns in, in uh, my world. I always relish in the knowledge that Design Pickle was, I was the first client. You know, I was the first client of the service. We didn't have the brand at that point, but I found a way to put together a team virtually, a team that was resp- responsive, a team that was affordable, and ran my consulting business on the bones of Design Pickle, like the first generation of it for a good 90, 120 days until I finally kind of had that, hey, wait a minute, maybe other people might actually need this as well and kind of kicked it off uh, from there. Uh, Last month, January 2021 was our six-year birthday. So we've been now doing this for over six years, technically. Oh, awesome. Happy birthday. I mean, that's wonderful. And six years, amazing how that time has gone by so quickly as well. And, you know, that's great that you looked at wanting to solve your own business problem, you know, and then found a solution, but then also offering it up to others as well, uh, which is brilliant. Hey, Russ, how have you gone into leadership? I mean, I'm, you know, tell us a little bit more about that. So I was just on a one-on-one with one of my engineers this morning, and we were talking about this exact topic. And hmm. I will actually go back to before Design Pickle, 2014. I had lost everything I had known as an entrepreneur. I had a creative agency for eight and a half years. I closed it with my business partner. And for the listeners out there, closing your business is worse than losing your business. It's definitely worse mm. than selling your business. I, I say closing your business is like putting your pet to sleep. It's like putting down the thing that you love and you care about, but it's horrible. It's horrible because there's no big story. It's, it's pretty anticlimactic, to be honest. And at that point, I realized I needed an upgrade of my operating system, of the Russ Perry operating system. I had Mm. been on a treadmill for eight and a half years, and I wasn't about to go for another eight and a half years with that same OS in my brain and in my heart. I I needed a change, and I didn't really know where to begin. So here in Arizona, there's a lot of events. Uh, In normal times, there's a lot of personal development. There's 
companies that have their offices here. So I reached out to my network and I vividly remember my very, 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 very first leadership training, personal development conference. It was everything in one. My friend, Vanessa uh, Shaw's her name, she was hosting it and she didn't brand it as this, but this, it was, it was actually basically a women's conference, <laughs> but she, she didn't say that. And so I show up, me, maybe oh, wow. one other guy and her husband, who's like running the AV and the tech and it was transformational. And it was the first time since I could remember I was working on myself. And I was thinking about that and I was building that. And so I was addicted. I was addicted at that point to, to leadership. I was addicted to personal development because I recognized that so much of my limitations ahead were, were limitations of just my belief system or limitations of my confidence or limitations of my, my network and who I know and where we're at. And, I, and this study, this, this path that I was on was shattering those time after time after time. And they started small. Like I remember one of the first goals that I had was to, was to, um, to, to, to spend a summer, like three or four weeks in California. Like that was my big goal. Mm. Like we had never done a beach vacation before. And so I wrote it down and I worked on it for like three to four months and we did it. And we had this great experience, which, you know, for me at the time was the, the bit, the biggest thing I'd ever done was this really, we had a home we could, wasn't on the beach, but we could walk there in about 10 minutes. And so anyway, like that has just been the pattern now is when I think about leadership, I think about what am I doing to upgrade my operating system? What am I doing to grow so that my capabilities are matching my vision? Awesome. What am I doing to upgrade my operating system? I love that. I love that. And that last piece you said about your vision and your goals, is that what you said? Yeah. So like I, my goals have always been, my vision and my goals have always been huge, but my capabilities have not always been uh. equal to match. So that's what I look at in terms of leadership is you're, you're upgrading your skill sets to match that, that great destination that we all have. So if you're not doing that, you could have the biggest vision in the world, but that's all it's going to be is just a vision. Yeah, isn't it? It's really interesting to see that and the fact that whether you're an entrepreneur, whether you're in a large corporate, it doesn't matter. If you're not out there developing yourselves, listeners, it's really important that we do that for the six inches between your ears, what I call, you know, the attitude gap, that the operating system probably is what you're, you're saying here, Russ, which is really important. But if you can align your capabilities to those goals and vision and then help, that'd, that'd be wonderful. And I think a lot of leaders don't do that and uh, they just hope for the best and see where, th where things are going. Well, and there's some ego at play too that you have to get through, especially if you've had success in the past or you achieved relatively quickly, you either hang on to that success thinking, hey, I've done it before, I can do it again. Or if you're in the middle of it, you're, uh, you're currently you know, at that point where things are going great, everything's aligned. What's, you know, if it's not broken, don't, don't try to fix it kind of mentality. But, you know, there, there is that ego. And, and I had, I had to battle that, you know, I had to go, I had to beat my ego down to nothing to say, look, I am willing to learn. I'm willing to listen. I'm willing to hire others and invest in my, in coaches and training programs and do these things. And maybe not 100% of everything you have to take on, but it finally allowed me to be humble enough to open that, open that door of growth up 
And I see that a lot with leaders is they, probably less so for your current listeners, because the people probably listening to this are, are open, but maybe, you know, you know, someone, there's a friend and there, when that door is slammed shut, you know, yeah, things might go for a bit, but then there's a, an awakening or a, or a wall that you hit. And the question is, is do you, do you put that ego aside and are you willing to learn? Are you willing to grow? Are you willing to be gu- guided by someone else? Yeah, that's, that is huge. Absolutely huge. Of course, the listeners here are uh, on that path of learning, of course. They're the most elite of them all, oh, enlightened of them that's all. That's awesome, sure. yeah. <laughs> I'm living in Swaller in the Netherlands. Oh. We had a lot of snow last week, but now we went up 25 degrees, so we're now up to 10. <laughs> so normally we have a r- lot of rain and now we have a lot of water. On the other side, I'm happy that I'm working again after a lot of months of quiet business. Yes, yes, I understand. And um, for a lot of people around the world, it's been a very quiet time for a lot of businesses. And my family in Europe as well have been sending me photos of the amazing amounts of snow and so forth. And now, as you said, very warm weather. So it's just crazy how things are going. So, Paul, I've given a very brief sort of uh, introduction to you, uh, to the listeners on the show. Is there anything else that you'd like to share about uh, share with us about your background? Well, maybe it's nice to explain uh, how I changed from being a lawyer into somebody who explores engagement and happiness at the workplace. Because a lot of people find it quite strange that a lawyer gets into engagement and happiness. But the point is, when you work in labor law and social security, you're always, as we call it, at the back end. When something goes wrong, then I would step in. If somebody got fired, it was my role to do something. If someone gets ill, I need to work on them. And then I found out, first of all, it's tiring because like you said in the introduction, we're running around and and we we haven't got any clue what we're doing with our lives until you think, hmm, maybe I can do it in a better way. and. I looked at all those thousands of files that I went through and I, I saw that we were always too late with a reaction. So I wanted to be a prank and talk with people and explore what happiness and engagement can do to you as a leader, as a team, as a company, as a normal human being. Because we act that we are in a role, but we're all just bloody human beings. Yep. So rather being an ambulance at the bottom of the cliff, I'd rather be at the top of the cliff and actually helping people and getting engagement and people being happy in what they were doing for sure. Hey, Paul, how did you get into leadership? Well, I think like 90% of the people, you'll step into a position and then you are asked, hey, would you like to become the next leader? And you you are manager and you know how it goes. And, and then suddenly you find out that you get to that position that you think, is this still fun for <laughs> me? And fun is one of my core values. And I say fun is my fundament. If I'm doing something I don't like, I will stop because it costs so much energy that I'm, I'm losing myself. So 
being a manager for many years, then creating my own consultancy firm with 25 people, I would come home at the end of the day and, and tell my wife, I've been so busy, but I've done nothing. And then I thought, this is going to be the end. So I stopped. I'm a solopreneur. I work with a team of highly educated people, but we are all on our own. Yeah, so I think that for listeners here, I think that's really important what Paul's saying is the fact that if you're not happy doing something or you feel like you're doing something, it's just whereby you're treading water, but you're not actually going very far or making any progress, take time out to stop, think about things. Is this really in question? Is this really the right thing that I'm doing? And do I really need to go off and to do something else as well? So I think that's, that's, that's brilliant. Just that's bang on straight away. Paul's already shared some great insights already. <laughs> Yeah, but hey, th th this is the point. And look, I'm 62 years old, but I know people of 28 years old who have that same feeling. And mm. I think that the youngest generation, the, the generation Z and the alphas that are coming onto the labor market will have this as their first and clear focus. We need to be human beings first and then enjoy our job. So for us, boomers, Xers, Yers, we need to be careful that we don't overrun ourselves. And, and look at this moment in the Netherlands, out of 17 million people, almost 6 million are close to burned out. Isn't that silly? That's huge. That's huge. And that's partly because of Corona. We had already 50% of the workplace. They don't really have a burn out, but they're on their way into it. And do, do they actually understand it? Do they actually know that they're on that journey towards the burnout? No, no. And, and the, but you know how it goes. You're engaged, you're working hard, and then you become a workaholic without knowing mm. because you can't say no anymore. So what we see is the soon as I get in a company, I start talking to leaders and managers and I make difference between leaders and managers that, but that's obvious. And then I see someone, like, oh yeah, oh yeah, Paul, no problem. Oh yeah, I can, I can do that for you. Oh, and that's it. Stop. Say no. Please say no to me because if I can train you to say no to me, you can say no to others. Those workaholics keep on going. Then they get back from their work, 10 hours work. They have a family. They need to squash, to tennis, to play soccer, to do whatever, and have their friends and the family. And it goes on the whole bloody week and the whole weekends. And then you get tired. Even talking like this makes me tired. But hey, look around us. What was happening? I was in Auckland. I saw the same as I see in Amsterdam. It is the same. And we were talking to Dutch people over there who were working in Auckland, and they said exactly the same. We left the Netherlands because it's so busy. Now we live in Auckland. It looks like the Netherlands. And then I told them, well, we have old Zealand and you have New Zealand. <laughs> That's the point. Yeah. A lot of people everywhere in the world. So that your podcast is so successful means that everybody in the world is in the same treadmill. Yep. And absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. And you know what? I'm finding that uh, as I talk to leaders and I'm doing uh, events around the place and that, there's one thing that I'm definitely talking to them, and that is, even especially with the lockdown, it's been emphasized even more, 
the transition between the bedroom and the, or they're in the bedroom store because their office is in the bedroom or into the, into another office in the house or in the kitchen lounge, they're finding it very hard and they don't know when to stop and they just keep working as you said about the workaholic, but you know, they don't realize it and they get to two o'clock and they realize they haven't even had lunch yet or uh, at 12 or they get to, oh, you know what? I'll do one more email, one more meeting. And next minute they look up and it's 7 PM. They still haven't had lunch. And as you said, Paul, they're a day in and day out like this. And it's, uh, it's always what I call, they're always on. They're always out there doing things, which is really just really interesting to see. So yes, they need yeah. to be careful. Hey, now this person could be alive or from history. So who is your favorite leader and why? Well, first I wanted to call you, I'll give you a Dutch name, but nobody is interested in our history. For me today, it's Tony Shea, the CEO, but he passed away from Zappos and delivering happiness. He founded Zappos with 10 people. It became 1800, part of Amazon. Then he started delivering happiness, a company that is connected to my heart because they look how you can help people to become happy employees. And it sounds like, ooh, happiness. But we know by research that, ooh, happiness can give a lot of productivity, less sick leave, less mistakes, all that kind of stuff that's positive for profitability. So what you want as a leader is a lot of engaged people who can have a leadership, a, a, a happiness. And that's why I love Tony Shea so much. And now Jem Lim, who is his partner. They are amazing people who started the company 100% based on the family core values. And that's, that's my topic, value to profit. Mm. Every leader needs to know what his own personal core values are. And I call them non-negotiable. And then you need to find a job where you can align with the company core values, because then it's fun to work there. So what, what they did, they created 10 family core values. And if you wanted to work there, you had to fulfill and fit in those 10 values. If not, they gave you money to leave because they say it's cheaper to give you money and you leave than you stay and become a misery. Yep. And I don't think that many companies in the world have leaders like that, that don't look at, do you have the right skills and do you work 20 hours a day? But hey, do you fit in our core values? Is our purpose connecting to your personal purpose in life and that's that's for me amazing thank you for listening to this episode of leadership is changing with your host dennis giannoutsas each week we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change inspiring executives and leaders to adapt and lead a bigger game in a fast-moving world 